Uh, what a great week we did have. Uh, it was wonderful. Hundreds of kids around here, lots of fun and excitement, lots of Jesus, and uh, it really was uh, exciting. Today we're going to wrap up uh, our series in the book of James, uh, and we're going to be at the end of chapter 5. So if you got a Bible, you can turn to James chapter 5. We'll be in the last section of that book. And I just want to share with you, because we're talking about prayer today, and uh, I had the opportunity to, to meet with several uh, children this week uh, who had questions, were asking things. And one young lady particularly, uh, she wanted to accept Christ as her Savior. And so I, I had a chance to talk to her. And it, it was, it's so fun to talk to kids because our boys now, you know, are mm, supposedly adults. And uh, they, they just, is a difference, you know, in an in a 8-year-old and an a 18, 19-year-old. Uh, There's a difference in how we communicate. And so uh, I was meeting with this young lady, and, and she was ready. She wanted uh, to, to receive Jesus as her Savior. And so we were talking, and I kind of walked through the ABCs, and we sing songs about uh, here about admitting to God that you're a sinner, believe that Jesus is God's Son, confess Him as Lord and Savior. So that kind of simple thing. And, I, and so we got to the part where we're actually going to pray. And so I, I, I said, okay, I'm going to give you a choice here. Uh, would you like to pray? And, and I'll be here if you, if you get, you know, stuck or you're not sure exactly what to say, I'll, I'll help you. But do you want to pray? And, and you pray and you ask Jesus to come and be your Savior. Or um, I can lead you and, and kind of guide you in, in the prayer. And, and she says, I, I think I can do it. And I was like, yes. Because uh, it's wonderful. And so she bowed and, and she began to pray and she said, Jesus, I, I know that, that I'm a sinner, I've done wrong, but I believe that God, you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. And, and then she paused because I, I, she wasn't quite sure what to say. I gave her a little hint and then she kept going and praying and, and it was beautiful. That, that, that we, as the song we sang just a minute ago, it is a miracle of miracles that we in our human frailty, in our brokenness, can approach a mighty, holy, perfect God. That's a miracle. And it's a miracle made possible by Jesus Christ. And that's what this last week was all about. There are lots of twists and turns in life, uh, but Jesus changes the game. And, and, and he does. Jesus changes the game for us, uh, the game of life. And so today we're going to look at what it means uh, to pray and when we should pray and maybe how we should pray. So in James chapter 5, it says this, verse 13, with a good question to begin. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. 
as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruits. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. One biblical commentator said the two greatest weaknesses of the Christian faith are prayer and praise. Uh, we might be good at a lot of things, but Somehow, some way, the, the two things that we probably should be the best at, we sometimes struggle with the most. And so today, as we think about this, I'm going to ask you some questions. And the first one is the question that, that James asked. Uh, are you struggling? Are you struggling today? Well, then you need to pray. Uh, are you having a hard time? Uh, are you enduring difficulty and struggle Maybe you're having difficult dealing with people. I was talking to one young man this week, and that was one of his struggles, is people. Right? That's true of all of us. Like, if it weren't for people, church would be great. <laughs> right? Right? Because we're all sinners and broken, and we need this place. We need each other. We need Jesus. And, and, and so are you struggling with people? Are you struggling with a difficulty at work or maybe in your family environment? Are you, are you suffering? Maybe you're enduring some hardship of some kind. Maybe there's difficulty in your life. Maybe you're consumed with, with self-pity or anger or, or maybe doubt. And, and you're just not sure. You're like, life is hard right now, really hard not sure which direction to go. You've got hard decisions to make and you're not sure. Well, James in chapter one, he says, if we need wisdom, if we need direction, then ask. God gives generously. And when we do so, when we ask, when we pray in these moments, we do, with our, we do so with our whole heart. Not, not wishful thinking, not, oh, I hope it gets better. No, all of who we are is engaged with our heavenly father. And so if there's struggle in your life, pray. Pray. Keep on praying is kind of the idea here, the, the verb tense. Let him pray and keep on praying. Not like me when I go to dinner and somebody needs the pastor to pray and I just say, you know, I pray without ceasing, right, because I follow the Bible. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. No, not that kind of goofiness. No, keep on praying. Seek after God all the time. A continual attitude of prayer when things aren't going well. Some of you know uh, one of our members who passed away, Bill Durham, was in a, was in a singing group. Uh, and this week as I was preparing this message, I usually send an email with kind of the main points, the one you just saw, are you struggling, pray. I sent it to a group of people so they can make the magic happen and it shows up on the big screen. And, and, and one of the guys emailed me back and said, hey, you may not know this, but Bill, who was in the singing group, and I knew all that part, they had this song that they sang about prayer. A whole song was about prayer. And there was one line in the prayer that jumped out at me as I was reading through the lyrics and it said this, it was several times. It says, when you don't feel like praying, 
pray. And that's how we are sometimes, right? When life is hard and difficult, what's the use? Like, just who cares? God's, God's got bigger things to worry with than me. And sometimes we get tired of praying. We, we get frustrated in prayer because we want things to happen right now. We want God to answer today. Actually, we want God to answer yesterday. And, and, and we endure and we struggle and we just feel like, well, maybe it just doesn't matter. Even when you don't feel like praying, pray. Because God desires to draw close to you. All of our, all of our worship today was to help focus our attention on the goodness and the nearness of God to us. That, that, that he's, he desires relationship with us. He desires to hear from his children. And so if you're struggling, pray. If you're happy, are you happy today? I hope so. I hope one or two of you are happy today. Uh, then if you're happy, pray. Or maybe praise. Praise. Sing praise. Lift your voice to him. Celebrate God's goodness and greatness to you. The, the idea here is actually to play a song on an instrument. Now, I couldn't even play those little recorders, you know, in elementary school. Those of you that are my age, you know what those are. Like, I, I couldn't even do that. I have no giftedness in music. None. People ask me about songs all the time. I have no idea. You got to sing it for me because, oh, yeah, you know that song by such. Nope. Not unless you sing it or play it do I know it. But sing, praise, lift your voice, celebrate the goodness of God. Are you elated about something? And that's one of the challenges that sometimes we have as, as Christians or maybe just people in general. We, we don't look for good things. We don't look for good things. We, we don't look for things to be happy about. We don't look for things to, to praise God about. Because we're surrounded, if you, if you go online or you turn on the TV to, to any kind of news outlet, very rarely is there a story of goodness. It's usually death and mayhem, right, over and over again. And at the very end, they'll so, show some story about a puppy getting adopted. Like at the last second, you know, like... There's lots of good. There's lots of things that, that we can get excited about and be happy about. And that's not the joy of the Lord, but there's times when we're cheerful. Right? When you bring a smile to your face. And so in those moments, have an attitude, a, a heart of thankfulness and gratitude, of optimism about the goodness of God. Because what happens so often is when things are going well, that there's a neglect. There's a neglect in our relationship with God. It seems that when we're at the extremes or close to the extremes, we lose sight of the things of God. When we're joyous and happy and, and the world is going right, we forget. When, when things are bad but not overly terrible, we, we forget. And James is constantly reminding his listeners because they had this sort of up and down roller coaster of a ride of faith in the first century, just like we do. But don't forget to praise 
to sing. And you know what? We give you an opportunity to practice this very thing every Sunday. To sing, to praise, to lift your voice. And so if you stand there like this, seeing which lights are flickering, because we had one in the first service flickering. I won't tell you where it is, so don't look. Or your hands in your pockets. You're missing an opportunity. You're missing an opportunity to connect with God. You're, you're missing an opportunity to celebrate with the family of faith. You're missing an opportunity to follow God's command. Let him praise. Let him rejoice. Let, let, let me be thankful, Lord, that that you've met my needs this week, that I'm able to, to be here with others. And so are you struggling? Pray. Are you cheerful and happy? Pray and praise. Are you sick? Then pray. And this is an interesting one because James spends a lot of time on this one in this passage. For the sick. He spends the bulk of the passage, very detailed about what happens and how we should pray when we're sick, when one of us is sick. Let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Kind of this threefold approach here. Because when one person in the body is sick, hmm, guess what? All of us are hurting. Because if, if the church is a body, the, the scriptures use that analogy a lot, and one of us is suffering, then we'll all suffer. And so this is a beautiful picture of the, the community of faith coming together, how, how the church comes together, and how we put our faith into action and not just say, you know, because James is all about our faith and action. Not just like, oh, hey, yeah, I'll pray for you. As you walk out the door on Sunday and you had nachos for lunch and a nap and you forgot. And th this is an opportunity for the church to actually live out her faith. For the, for the congregation to be involved to be engaged in the life of someone. And so James says, call the elders. And that word for elders uh, is a word called presbyterius. Does that sound familiar? We get our Presbyterian church uh, from that word, the, the presbyter. It, it's similar to, it's elder, bishop, presbyter, pastor. All those words are kind of co-equal. It's, it's funny because a couple of weeks ago, I shared with you, those of you here last week, I was at the Southern Baptist Convention annual meeting of all the Baptists, you know, 15,000 Baptists in New Orleans. I told you the Uber driver said, everybody loves you but the bars. I guess there's something to be grateful for, right? I don't know, I don't know. But, but there was a great discussion on this whole idea of pastor, elder, bishop, that presbyter would be the, another word there, that elder. So bring in, in our culture, our context today, not the first century, the 21st century, the pastors. Bring these guys in, the bishop. We don't have bishops in Baptist life. 
But bring in these leaders of the local body and pray over them. Pray with them. Pray in faith. And then anoint them with oil. Now this is a, this is a unique and, and very special thing. It's not some big kind of weird deal. No, it's, it's simple. We don't go down to H-E-B or Kroger and, you know, extra virgin olive oil. We're, we're not buying that and, you know, it's not a bad, no, it's, it's very simple. It, it's not a religious ceremonial act. Like sort of, it, it's a way to honor the person who is sick. And, and this is really a, a practice that's done, it's a very holy moment here. And sometimes when we actually live out the scripture, sometimes it seems odd for us, but it's refreshing. And so we've had the opportunity here at our church to, to do this a few times, to anoint the sick with oil and, and just simply take, we have a little, I've got one in my desk, Matt's got one, several of our deacons have, have it, have one, um, just a little vial and you just a little dab and, and you just push on their forehead of, of olive oil and you pray as a way to honor them. There's something unique about that physical touch that, that honors people. And, and so God is, is focusing our attention here, sort of every aspect of our life, the, the spiritual, the emotional, and, and the physical. That no matter what the circumstances in, good, bad, or, or ugly, there's a call to draw near to God and, and to get others involved because when you and I pray for someone, it not only invigorates the faith of the person we're praying for, but also invigorates our faith. And some might think that this passage, oh, as long as we pray, they're going to get well. Well, no, that's, that's not exactly what this is talking about. There is a salvation, and that salvation is a salvation to come there's only one way we're fully healed. There's only one way we're fully healed, and that's by his stripes that Isaiah 53 tells us. There's something special about us as the body of Christ coming together to pray for each other when we're sick, when we're hurting, to celebrate with each other and to praise. And so you and I need to be challenged, to, to be admonished, to, to believe, right? We've got to believe that prayer is powerful. Uh, sometimes I think we pray just out of repetition or road or this is what we're supposed to do, and, and, and we, we lose sight of the power of God at work. We believe that prayer is powerful. Prayer has the power to restore relationship, to, to make someone right with God. That's confess your sins to another and pray for each other. There's a sense when you and I are honest with each other. Not, not oh, hey, I want to share a prayer request in a group and it's really gossip. Not that kind of confess your sins. No, when a brother and sister get together and we pray and we say, you know what, I'm imperfect and I've fallen. I, I've messed up in this area. And you know what, I need some, I, I need some accountability. I need to, you to know, because confession is simply to say the same thing, to agree that this is happening. That prayer is powerful. That when you and I pray together, when we put our guard down and allow our weakness to show 
It makes both of us stronger because we're relying not just on one another, but the power of God to move in us, to share our faults, to actually be a family, to be a family pursuing righteousness because the prayer of a righteous person has great power, has great power. And so I want to be a person who not only stands knowing that I'm righteous before God because of Jesus Christ, but I want to stand blameless because I've confessed my sin, because I haven't hidden something, because I'm not sort of double dipping with one foot into the world and one foot in my relationship with my relationship with Jesus. I want to live in a constant state of, of being restored when I've gone astray. Because what I hope, my prayer, is that the prayers of our people, the righteous prayers of our people, will be effective. Do you ever want to be effective? Have you ever gone to a situation where there's a group of people? I, I know it had to happen this past week because we had people everywhere, lots of fun and chaos all at the same time. But, but then on Thursday evening, we actually had to like, oh, hey, we, we can't have ladders and gingerbread houses on the stage. Well, we could, but it might be a little odd come August. You know, hey, this classroom's got to be reset. We, we got lots of things to do. And so have you ever walked in one of those situations where lots of work has to happen and everyone else seems to be busy, but you're not sure what to do? And so you're sort of standing there. That's the worst feeling. Let me rephrase it. It should be the worst feeling for you. Should be the worst feeling. That, that, that everyone else is effective and you're the government supervisor. I don't know, but, but, but that, it shouldn't be that way. That, that's what I think of when I think of this passage. That when the body of Christ is honest with each other, when the body of Christ has real relationship, when, when we go to one another, when we have needs, particularly, I would say, physical needs, we're sick. We go to one another and we pray with each other. And then when we go to the Lord as people who have a right standing with him because of our faith in Jesus and because we're right with one another, something amazing happens has great power. And he gives this example of Elijah who prayed and for three and a half years it didn't rain. I would say that's hard to imagine, but it's not. Because we had one of those years, we had those about, about six years ago. We had those. California's had it for about 70 years until recently. Where they just didn't have rain. I, I was Looking this week, uh, when I was doing all the stuff for this, and I saw a photo of a lake in California from 2021. It looked like a desert. There was a bridge across the desert. What a, what a great shot. But the, the lake was empty. Not just low, the lake was empty. And then they showed a shot from 2023, and the lake was at 100%. Boats on it. Everybody having a grand time. 
That's what Elijah experienced. Three and a half years it didn't rain, and then he prayed again, and it rained. There's power in prayer. God desires to hear from his children and answer, and so you and I must believe that there's power in our prayers that will be effective, that God will, will work through our prayers. He'll work through our prayers. And so today I want to invite you to think about these three things that James mentions. I want you to think about someone in your life that you know that's struggling. Maybe it's you, but think about someone in your life who's struggling. Think about someone in your life who, who's, who's happy, who's cheerful, who, who like, they just got the best news ever, things are going well for them. It's great. Think about that person. Maybe that's you. And then think about someone or someones you know who are sick. We all probably know at least one person who's sick. And then there's a fourth one on here that I, I didn't spend much time on, but that's how the, the passage wraps up. I want you to think about someone who's far from God right now. They, they've wandered from the truth. They've wandered from the truth. And maybe that's you. And I want you to think about what God calls us to do in those situations. Because as the band and worship team come up here, I want you to join me in praying for those that are struggling. Uh, and, and not just, oh, Lord, help those that are struggling. No, I want you to think about the person you just thought of or the 10 people you thought of. The people that are, that are happy and good, you need to praise God because you need to celebrate with them. People that are sick. And for that person that has strayed, that's wandered from God, maybe God is calling you to be the one who brings them back. Maybe God's calling you to be the one that brings them back. Not the one that beats them over the head and tells them how terrible they are, but the one that takes them by the hand and says, hey, I'm with you, I'm for you, but I'm not gonna let you stay this way. And so we're gonna sing a song that everyone knows so you don't have to worry about the lyrics. But I want us to pray. And so I'm gonna invite you to join me at the altar, in your chair, kneeling right where you are, coming up front, wherever you, you want to. But to go to the Lord in prayer for these people that you know, these people that you love, that you care for, that you would bring them to the throne of God. Will you stand with me? Let's pray.